0: talking to all of us for now a little bit about uh, how you and I need to look at ourselves. A lot of times what's easy, well frankly it's really easy, uh, to look at others and formulate an opinion very fast. Uh, Especially when it comes to politics and school systems and church. Some of you are like, are we gonna go there? No, don't worry about it. Uh, But we've been talking as a church about how to actually make things better. So I want to tell a story right off the bat as we go there. Now, can I, can I just ask a favor? Can you not judge me for what I'm about to share with you? I'll need to probably remind you to not judge me when I get done with this story. But could you just please not judge me? Here's the story. It was in high school. That's why that, that helps a little bit. Uh, in high school, uh, in the spring, I, I played for the golf team and we spent all day at a golf tournament, got done and, and we were starving. And so we went to a restaurant called Fazoli's. Now you may not know what a Fazoli's is. It's, it's basically fast food, Italian food. Now some of you love Italian food and, and, and we were there partially for that. Here's what we knew about Fazoli's. It's not necessarily uh, the pasta that we wanted. There was a person that I believe it's their full-time job to walk around the restaurant distributing free breadsticks. That's why we were there. Uh, I mean, the food was fine, but it was, I mean, you had to buy it. You couldn't just go in and get the free breadsticks. We might have tried before, but you had to to order an actual meal. And and so um, in high school, in high school, remember I was in high school, uh, we're sitting there eating and eating and, and kind of putting away the breadsticks. Like, the, every time the guy came around was like, hey, would you guys like more? And we're like, yeah, uh, here we go. And every time, in fact, there was a time we were like, hey, can you, yeah, yeah, we, we need some more. Well, at some point, someone, it was not me, at some point someone said, how many breadsticks have, have we eaten? And we're like, well, each one of us would say, well, here's how many I've eaten. And then it happened. I wonder who can eat the most. Remember, I asked you not to judge me. But if you do not know me, I need to tell you something. I am highly competitive. If you can make a competition out of anything, I will. It's just fun for me. And so as soon as we decided, collectively, that we were going to make a competition, it was on. I was going to win, even if I died winning. So fast forward, I won. But I lost, if you know what I'm saying, right? Been there? Uh, I won 30 bread breadsticks. Yeah, told you I was not proud. I'm not justifying this. I'm not supporting this. I'm not an advocate for this. It was in high school, and you made your own dumb decisions too. Why well, don't I even tell you that whole story for even that part? So that night I spent the night at a buddy's house. And the next morning is why I tell you the story. It's time to get up, and we weren't getting up, and his, his mom came in and knocked on the door. She opened up the door, and all I heard was a scream. And she said, what did you guys do? And we're all, like, groggy, like, what, did we, what do you mean? What did we do? She's like, you guys smell so bad. <laughs> and we're like, I mean, I'm being respectful, like, in our heads, going, I mean, chill out. Like, and we, you know, we just... And, and you know you what know, I said? I don't smell anything. You know, like I'm like I don't. What are you? What are you telling me? She's like, this whole room smells like garlic. And we're like, no, it doesn't. And we begin to have an argument. I'm having an argument with my friend's mom. Going like, no, it doesn't. It smells fine. And and if you if you know what I'm talking about, some of you experienced something similar, where you've eaten a little too much of something. And then you smelled like it. You go to a restaurant, sometimes you leave, you smell like it. We know it, but you don't know it. And it's something about life. This is a true thing that happens in life. We have an amazing ability to adapt to things. Let me me decipher that. We have an amazing ability to smell and not know it. Where there's this, that's why some of us are like, yeah, there's this, there's this person I know, they always have horrible breath, and, or there's, they always smell like this or that. It's, it's why your house, I don't mean to hate on you, but you, your house has a distinct smell, good or bad. You don't smell it anymore, but we all do when we show up, right? We know this. Here's the problem. Is this leaks in and this plays out in all other facets of life. You often, if you don't know this, have a problem currently in your life right now and you probably aren't aware of it because that's just how life works. We, we begin to adapt and, and, get, and, and we get into our normal routine, our normal life, our normal systems and, and we kind of are unaware of what's really going on around us. And so here's it's my job. I'm not telling you have bad breath, by the way, okay? I'm just saying you could potentially not be near as healthy and as good at life as you should be, and you need someone to say, hey, there's something you need to pay attention to, There's something, bring someone just to bring them out of love, out of love, but like, let's go after this. And and this happens in churches all the time, by the way. Churches start off going, uh, we're about good things, we're about God, we're about this. We're going to help other people know the hope of Jesus. But then at some point, they begin to kind of do things their own way, kind of get wrapped up in their own preferences, and then land where they don't even realize they've landed. Doing nothing. Being lethargic. And they don't even know it, don't even realize it. And someone needs to say, hey, we can be better. So the whole crux of this whole series is simply that. A better me, a better me creates a better we. The whole series is built on this. In fact, if you've been a part of this series, I hope you've not been so offended. I hope you can find some, like, hey, God's trying to share something with you and with me that you and I need to be a better church, a better group of Christians. And the only way to get there is for you and I to look at ourselves and evaluate maybe, maybe, maybe we don't smell near as good <laughs> as we thought. So we've been talking about, uh, in essence, lukewarm Christianity. How to not be a, a counterfeit Christian. And, and here's the whole series, all in a nutshell. Uh, how, how do you know if, if you got got like major issues, if you, if you stink as a Christian? Uh, do you experience God? You need to experience God regularly. Not pretend, not pretend, but for real. You need to share hope. It's not just yours. You need to share it. You need to know how to follow Jesus. So what we're going to talk about today, you need to rescue others. Those put together according to what Jesus taught will help you and I not have problems that we aren't even aware of. They create a, a, a relationship with Jesus that's legit. So let's talk about following Jesus. Let's talk about the actual core of this, following Jesus. I bet you have an opinion. I don't, I, if, if you've ever been uh, what we call discipled by another person or at another church or, or this church, if you've ever had someone teach you, like, here's what it means to follow Jesus, you probably have, well, here's what it is. If you've ever decided to follow Jesus, hopefully at some point, someone some gave you something where you're like, here's what it means to follow Jesus, but I'm fascinated by this. Is that many of us aren't quite sure how to follow Jesus. We've taken a portion of what it means to follow Jesus and applied it to the whole relationship of following Jesus. I think I know where we're getting hung up. Let me me walk you through some some just parts of the Bible that are important. Uh, Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. This is a part of the Bible. This is a big deal that, that believing That Jesus is your savior is a huge deal, huge. But I think there's more. Let me show you the most popular verse probably ever. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. A lot of us even have that memorized, right? Right? And, and perhaps you remember, maybe you do, I, I know I remember different seasons where I would either commit to, to believing that Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. And I, I remember, some of you remember the actual moment, like you, right now you can visualize, like I remember David, I was this old and I was at this certain place and this is when I believed that he was my Savior. And that's awesome, very awesome, but that's not Everything. Simply put, Jesus, Jesus doesn't only want to save you. Now I'm not. I'm not trying to demean being saved. You got me. I'm not trying to say, oh, it's no big deal. Oh, it's a huge deal. But it's not the only thing when it comes to following Jesus. If you're like, do I follow Jesus? And you might say, well, I think I do because I believe that he exists. Jesus doesn't only wanna save you. Jesus wants to heal you. It's deeper than just, I wanna rescue you, which is a big deal. But he doesn't just want to rescue you. He wants a relationship with you. He wants to walk life with you. He has more for you. Again, let's go to the Bible. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. God made you on purpose for a purpose. He, he didn't just say, I rescued you, go sit in the corner and wait. I mean, that would be cool. As a, What's a deep relationship. He wants to walk with you. If you've ever had a problem, I'm not suggesting you've ever had one, but I bet you have. If you've ever wondered and sought wisdom, like, how do I do this? Or, or you ever wanted strength, or ever just flat out wanted peace, and you're like, I want that. I don't want to just be saved. Is that all he wants? No, deeper and better. In fact, many of us have relegated following Jesus to just up here, where this is everything. Where if we, if when we begin to process, um, am I saved, do, am I a Christian, uh, do I stink, not that you've ever asked that, but now you might, uh, you know, and we begin like, well, well, I believe, and we, we, we put it up here, and we think it's up here, everything's up here. There's a pastor, but I'll warn you, um, I read some of his stuff, <laughs> and, and he's kind of harsh. Some of you are like, well, you are too, David, well, it's fine, that's where I get it from. Uh, so here we go. Uh, to be a disciple of Jesus Christ means not that we believe some things intellectually. But that we have surrendered our lives over to his lordship. You see the difference? That it's not just up here. We are following after him. And this is where he gets like, hmm harsh. Anything less than that is not biblical Christianity. If that's new to you and you're like, that means Christianity described in the Bible, uh, it is something of your imagination. And I think some of us are wondering, why, why doesn't this following Jesus bring me the peace that the pastor talks about? Where's this purpose? I, I've been following Jesus and it just doesn't seem to land. I'm hoping, I'm striving, and we try to work hard at it. It's, it, it's missing because it's all up here. I think I know where this pastor gets, well, I know I know where he gets it from. He gets it from the Bible. And let me show you more. This is, this is powerful. Anyone who wants to serve me must follow me. Church, can we just let that soak in? that it's not just about intellectually believing that God is real. Anyone who wants to serve me must follow me because my servants must be where I am and the Father will honor anyone who serves me. Perhaps the most popular one out of Matthew. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your own life, if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. If you missed the crucial part, um, you must give up your own way. You may not like what I'm telling you. But that's not my calling in my life is to only pass on to you what you might say that is amazing and awesome. Following Jesus has got to go so much further beyond an intellectual conversation. And many of us haven't allowed it to. We've let it stay in our brains. It's been good enough to be religious. And if you've landed there, here's what I know about you is you are a good person but you're struggling to find the true peace in life. It becomes uh, an emotional fix kind of approach. God wants better for you. Simply put, to to follow Jesus, you have to take your next step. There's always a next step. There's always always room for for growth. There's always room. Any relationship is this way, right? If you don't know this, uh, write that down. Every relationship has a next step. Uh, in fact, sometimes we think, unfortunately, in marriage, that, that it's only about getting engaged or, I guess, going official on social media. Sorry, I'm outdated. Or going official on social media, uh, then getting engaged, and then getting married. Uh, no, any relationship, any relationship always needs to be charged. Your phone needs to be charged. Some of you are horrible at that. You, you wake up in the morning like, oh, man, I forgot. Every relationship needs to be invested in and worked on and strengthened and grown. It's not just like, yeah, uh, we committed years ago and we're good now. Really? Should I ask the other one? (laughs) I'm telling you, you know this, you believe this, but many times in our best relationships, uh, when the ones we like the most, we get super comfortable in them. Where we're like, yeah, I mean like, I'll have tomorrow, right? Uh, we'll, We'll hang out tomorrow or or next week, and so we get lazy today because we think that we have tomorrow. And the way your mind works and my mind works is if we think we have tomorrow, we delay it another week, <laughs> and then we wait, and then we wait, and then we wait, and then we wait, and, and our comfort often becomes complacency. Happens all the time in marriage. Complacency. Um, okay, I'll, I'll fast up. Katie and I, uh, in about a month, are going to celebrate 17 years. Yeah. Just make sure I'm right. Seven, yeah. Yeah. It's been a dual effort. A dual effort. Uh, 17 years is a big deal loss. Like, this is awesome. And I know, like, wow, it's easy for you guys. No, it's not. We're both human beings. <laughs> we're, we're both normal people. And, in fact, and here, I'm just going to fess up. Uh, Katie... By the way, she's read the sermon, so this is okay to share with you. But there's been seasons in the 17 years where if you want to know what it's like to be in our, in our marriage, it's been like, hey, how was your day? That's cool. Uh, I'm going to go watch my show on my computer. You watch your show on your computer. and um, See you tomorrow. We're not in the moment going... I'm, I'm intentionally uh, being complacent right now. Uh, no. No, see, we used to, like, take long walks, right? I've talked about this in, in the parks and spend a lot of time, like, how was your day? And we sit there and just soak it up, right? And be like, oh, who cares about the rest of the world? It's you, right? And then we hit seasons where we get busy or tired or whatever, and, and, and we get so comfortable. We're like, well, I mean, you're, we're married, so, like, you're, you're going to be here tomorrow. Hopefully you're not judging me. I'm just telling you, this. this is not the good, by the way. In fact, yes, our marriage is going to work if we keep doing that. We committed. We don't even we don't use the word divorce where we're going to stay. But can we talk about that there's a better, more fulfilling relationship than that? That's what Katie and I want. We want a fulfilling relationship. Not just one where we learn to coexist with each other in the same home and, and, and raise minions up to be adults and, and to function right No. Can we talk about, like, most of us crave a fulfilling, rich relationship that, that like, is good and awesome. You're not going to get there if you're complacent. Same thing with God. I bet deep down, just by your presence of listening to a sermon, you're like, I would like an awesome relationship with God. I don't want it to be just fake or lukewarm how do i get there what you need to take your next steps let me take you in the bible and we'll learn together on how to do this like newborn babies like newborn babies this is a big deal like newborn babies don't forget this like Like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment. Cry out, I mean, cry out. That's like, I want this, I gotta have this. Now that you have had a taste of the Lord's kindness. So I would tell you that there's a maturing phase that you go through, there's things you begin to add to your life if you're gonna have a legitimate, real. Relationship with Jesus. If you're really going to follow Jesus, and and it just outed the the first part about following Jesus, you you got to get fed. Like just straight up, like get fed. Welcome to our home. These, these are all over the place, right? I mean, if you ever came to our house and and like rang the doorbell and came, we'd probably answer like this: Hey, how are you? It's great. It's good to see you. Yeah, right. This this is. This is how life begins. Some of you, are like you forgot that, that you you had another person. You had another person feeding you. This is also eventually you advance to very high technology here. Um, a, a, a plastic spoon. Right. I mean, this is when, it, as a parent. You're advancing. This is like your kid is, is beginning to grow up. You, you move not just from bottom. They, they begin to eat like foods. Maybe not solid foods, but like gross looking green liquid stuff that you put. And you're like this, right? And, and, and in our home, this is, I mean, with Bo right now, it's like, it's an airplane. And right and it's fun. You see smiles. and When you start following when you start following Jesus, You need help. Don't feel bad about that. It straight up says it in the Bible. That you need someone else to feed you. I went to lots of college. Studied the Bible a lot. Grew up in a pastor's home. And I'll still tell you. Do you know that I still need other people to invest in me? It's okay. It's okay to need others to help you understand the Bible, to live the Bible, or sometimes just to remind you of what you already know to be true. But let me offer you something that we've learned with raising kids. Eventually, your kid's gonna say, "Mm mm-mm, mm-mm. You're like, this looks so good, this is green, this is green, this is, and in your head you're going, this is so gross, this is disgusting. And if you've, I don't know if you've ever done it as a parent, some of you are bold, you've like, ah. you didn't really taste it. And so, what you do, I mean, if you, don't, if you hear parents write this down, it turns into an airplane. Oh, yeah, this is great. Because your kid's mouth has to be open. For the food to go in. You're welcome for that. (laughs) If you're going to be spiritually fed, your heart needs to be open. And sometimes we have a tendency to show up to church and be like, this better be good. This better be my favorite food. I hope they ground up some good pie and it's just getting, no. Do you see what we do what we do as Christians? We don't come with an open heart. We come with a demanding heart. Saying you better give me exactly what I want. it better be the right music. I, it better be a certain song. Do you know that I have worshiped God in some of the worst environments ever and I bet you have too. Had moments where God spoke to you and it wasn't even a church service. Because you had an open heart. That's the lesson. If you're, if you're a new Christian, a, a baby Christian, an infant Christian, and you're in the phase of going, I don't even know what to do. I don't understand the Bible. I don't understand anything. I, I need you to feed me. Come with an open heart. Always come with an open heart. I'm not here to entertain you, to please you, to satisfy a craving for you. Neither are any of the worship teams. We're not here to make sure that we do your favorite song. Or No, you're here with an open heart saying, God, whatever it is, even if it's spinach, That's the mature Christian, the one that's maturing, the one that says, I have an open heart. You need to get fed. But eventually, eventually, you need to feed yourself. Eventually, you graduate. Eventually, you're like, guess what? I'm using my own fork, my own spoon. This is a big deal. This is a big deal. A, there becomes a day that not only do you have others investing in you, but you are investing in you. And this is, this is work. Here's what the Bible says. This is, this is a big deal. Work hard. Work hard to show the results of your salvation. Work hard. It doesn't say, oh, it's easy now. Work hard to show the results of your salvation. Obeying God with deep reverence and fear. Work hard, work hard, work hard. Work hard, work hard. There comes a day that you've got to figure out how to feed yourself. And there's tons of options. I mean, we have tons of options how to actually begin to feed ourselves. Even as a church, we've invested in in what's called Right Now Media. It's, I mean, hundreds if not thousands of video Bible studies where you don't even have to do any work, in other words, of prepping anything and, and just be taught over and over. We probably now have more access to biblical teaching about God than ever in the history of mankind. Are you feeding yourself? Um, in our home, we have a tradition. The kids hate it, so I'd like to tell you about it. S- Sunday nights, Sunday nights, no one makes dinner. Like There's no one person that says, I have, I have spent energy and toiled over this meal. Uh, It's time for you to eat. No one does. Sunday nights, dinner is up to the individual, right? It's not new. We've been doing this for over a decade. But every Sunday night, one of the kids, and it's different ones, I'm not blaming anyone in particular, one of them says, Hey, mom, what's for dinner tonight? Interesting. What'd you do last? Sunday night, I don't know that's the answer we we've taught our kids uh how to cook uh they know how to prepare a a meal for themselves right they 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 know and and just you know it's not that our kids have forgotten it's they got lazy hmm? it, it's not that they decided like. You know, I totally forgot how to how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I I can you no, no, they just don't want to. So in this category of feeding yourself, don't blame others for not fulfilling your responsibility. Uh, I'm gonna go here for a minute. If the sermon's not deep enough, the sermon isn't your problem. If the church isn't deep enough, I don't think it's the church's problem. If you don't know a single church to find that will finally deliver the word to you in a way that it should be delivered, I think you're perhaps passing a responsibility onto other people that is actually meant for you. I'm not hating you, I just want you to understand there's a fulfilling relationship with Jesus that can only happen when you move to, I am going to feed myself, I am going to study, I'm gonna worship on my own. Do you know, you are allowed to listen to any kind of worship music whenever you want throughout the week, giving you permission to do this. There comes a moment, Christians, where we say it's not someone else's job to make sure I grow. since this is the last time I'll see some of you. uh, Let me talk to you about my favorite one. (sighs) Feeding others. If you want to know, like the true joy where like things get lit on fire, it's when you start to take what, what others have invested in you, what you've invested in you, and you start to serve others. Okay, let me give you. Do you remember the lunch lady? Right? This, even though it may not have shown on their faces, this is the joy of life when you, when you start to help others know who Jesus is. And do you know that it, the teacher is often learning as they teach? Let me take you back to the Bible. I pray that your love will overflow, overflow. I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. Overflow. Why in the world would God want you and I to overflow? It's because others need help. So that's why regularly we're talking about um, there's options to serve and care for others and invest. Sometimes it's quite literally providing a meal for someone. I mean, sometimes it's like literal application. But, but sometimes it's helping a kid just know who Jesus is. And you're able to help them know. And, and they begin to like, you see it click a little bit and... And your love for God is overflowing. I wonder where you're at. I wonder if you wonder if you've ever landed where you know what? I want this thing to to matter. I I want my relationship with God to be real. I don't want to be lukewarm. I want it to be legit, fulfilling, good. And you're like, but I, I don't know how to do it. I just gave you, according to the Bible, the core truth that you have a next step, so take your next step. That's your application. You have a next step. I have a next step. We all have a next step. Another step to take because it's a relationship. If you want a religion, at some moment you're going to stop, but I know internally it will become incredibly unfulfilling. You'll lack peace and you'll begin to search for emotional experience after emotional experience. If you don't want to live that kind of life, if you actually want to go to heaven and know the God you've been serving, You got a next step. Some, your next step is, is flat out your first step. Your next step is saying, I, I want you, God, to be in my life. I, I and you literally have that conversation with him. God, would you forgive my sins and come into my life? And and that's your your, your first step, your next step, right? Some, it's baptism. You might have been baptized as a baby, but it wasn't your decision at all. Someone else did that uh, on your behalf. But now you've grown up. You've actually made your own decision. And it's now you believe in Jesus. And your next step is to get baptized to go public. Some of you have already heard about it. It could be your next step is to learn more about being a part of the church. The the next step's experience. Say, You know, I'm going to go to that. That's my next step. I'm going to go to that. Some of you, it's on a whole different trail than what I'm talking about. For some, your next step is to forgive some hurt. That's your next step. Some, it's very personal, and you're like, well, that's all. That's a difficult one. I understand. But for many, your next step is, is more sacrifice. Being generous to God with, with your time, your talent, your treasure, whatever. Every one of us has a next step. And one of the reasons the church exists, one of the reasons the church was put together by Jesus himself was that you and I would always have a next step and we need help taking the next step. So I am here to tell you, don't smell. Don't get lukewarm. Don't get passive Don't get complacent. You have a next step. Be brave enough to take it. You'll never regret it. In fact, let me me pray for you because we all need courage to do this. God, each one of us, I know this for a fact, each one of us has a next step to take with you. God, would you help each one of us know that next step? God, would you quite literally give us that prompting of of what to do? And and Lord, if, if, if we're not hearing, God, would you use the church to help those individuals even know what their next step is? God, we want our relationship with you to be real, to go beyond just believing you exist. God, thank you for that that you would even want this and do all that you've done for us to have a fulfilling life. God, thank you. Lord, I pray that you would invade our church in a way that has never happened, that you would light fires in our souls to live for you, to love you and to love others. God, thank you for this lesson. We needed it.